Hey, motivators, what's going on? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Heading down White's Road in uh, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Trying to untie my puka necklace here. I got a little fucking pussy-ass Kia riding my ass. I'll have to beat the shit out of that person. But that would be out of character for me, you know? You talk a little feces, but uh, i trying to hurt another human being. Though I am a dangerous man. I do have the potential to be a dangerous man. My bogey, we're dangerous men. Speaking of, Bogley had a visitor to the office today. I took him down to the office. Why? When my wife and kids were home, those fuckers are bored. My daughter's got a friend sleeping over, and of course we have to have something spectacular happening. You know, not that we don't want to entertain, you know, provide some sort of finale, the end of the summer finale, but and squeeze in all the good times we can, but. Let me tell you something. I hate to burst your bubble, but it's fucking over. It's over, my friends. Alright. Get to a little last minute vacations in, but the schedule starts. All my retirees are listening like, ain't you fucking crazy? Every day's Saturday for me. That would be maddening to me, so. I'm happy the schedule's starting back up a little bit. Back to our routine, yes, yes. So, I took Bogey down to the office because last night I get home around 8 o'clock. And they're all sitting out there on the the deck. I got Chipotle on on our little kitchen island waiting for me, so I'm starving. So I devour that, but it's got that that hot, chili chili sauce, the red sauce, and I like it, and I looked, I opened up the, took the foil off the top of my Chipotle, I no longer get burritos, although I love them, and now I get the bowls, so I'll get some greenery in there, a little salad with my, my, my steak and beans and rice and cheese and guac and sour cream on top of it, and a little bit of that red sauce. So I got a love-hate relationship with the red sauce because it burns my anus hole. By the time I even hit the rack, I had to hit the restroom. Because that spice is a little bit too much for me. So I wake up this morning, and everybody's up for some reason. Now I slept in a little bit. It was like 8. 8 by the time I rolled out of the rack. Had to be in at 10, so that felt good. Slept in eight hours. Fucking awesome, right? My wife's talking about she had to abbreviate her, her walk with, it, with my bogey boy because she was felt sick. Like she might have food poisoning or something. She didn't feel good. Sam is up. Somehow Sam is up. This guy sleeps till 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So... <laughs> He's up. He's freaking shitting his britches. Not his britches, but he's making all these bathroom stops at a time where I'm sitting on the couch 
drinking my evening coffee or my morning coffee. And I'm just trying to get going. I'm like, let me get the fuck out of here and let me take my man Bogey with me too. So I got ready real quick and packed Bogey up in the car, head on down to the office for a busy day. And it was a busy day and it was a good day. A lot of real nice patience, a lot of, a lot of great conversations had. Jeez. Who's the first patient of the day? Let me think. Oh. A woman I've known for many, many years. A couple decades at this point. She was my first staff member. I inherited her from the previous doctor. A female doctor. Named Donna Rimby. And, uh... <clears throat> patient. I won't call her Suzanne. It's not a real name. She was great. She, she, uh, she worked where she was my first employee ever, I guess. And she was wonderful. She was, threw herself headlong into the job, did all kinds of extra shit. She had a family of her own and she would, she just liked the office was part of her life. And I was a new guy and she honored the wishes of, uh, the outgoing doctor who I bought the practice from to stick around and help me and make sure all the patients are comfortable and I got to meet all these folks and many of them anyway. And then we were off to the races. We started to practice for the next year or so. She worked with me until we parted ways, just changes in life, you know. And wonderful person, always been a great friend always remained wonderful friends. So now I have the honor of taking care of her. So that was great to see her. <laughs> About mid-morning, I had a patient. This is going to be really the topic of a little story that I'll tell. I'm going to make this a 10, 15-minute podcast. It's my friend Nancy. She's like almost 90. I mentioned her before. She is so full of life. And I said, listen, I would like to interview you for my podcast. Because, you know, I keep talking about getting um, guests on the podcast, right? And who will share their stories. I really think I have something special in all the encounters that I have. I might even do like a table, you know, chiropractic table conversations. Chiro chiropractic conversations. So you can hear me as the patient is talking through the face piece or they could be on supine on their back. All these, all these little transitions of the adjustment while I'm working on them. We'll be talking about these things, and the, the microphone will just be recording. And you might hear the strain in their voice as they're lying face down, or it's not going to be any video, so as to embarrass anybody, or any, it'll be anonymous. But we'll talk about stories that these people have and their upbringing and the experiences they've had. I'll have them flip over. You might hear some cracks or something like that as I place the, the microphone appropriately. You know some of the standard uh, the ASMR or the or the noises of the chiropractic office, and they'll tell their stories. So my friend Nancy, who said she's almost a friggin' ninety-year-old person, I talked to her. I had her as a guest speaker at my boot camp twenty years ago at the Lacrest Health Center, YMCA. Da -da -da, was where I started my boot camp. 
I'm like, this woman is so extraordinary. I really need to to you know, share her with with my group as as somebody who has some, you know, seemed like she had a process. She was always stretching and exercising, and and she she had lived, you know, like she she um, she was one of eight, grew up in Philadelphia. Um, talks about the relationship she had, and she'll share this. I don't want to give away all her secrets, but she said, you know, you know, straight from Ireland, the whole family, big family. You'd have a big family back those days. Her father ran a hat store to work for some guy initially and then went out on his own and he sold like service hats, like maybe for like a marching band or cops or whatever. And that the kids and the family would sit around and they would sew little sweatbands into the caps. And this is what, you know, they did. And their father, she said, my father was a drunk. And we didn't know what it was. And this is like around the war, you know, World War II time frame. So she said that, the you know, the kids, everybody got along for the most part. And that uh, they decided that what it was is he was a spy. Dad is a spy. That's why he acts like that. But really, he was just, he drank. And then... <laughs> Later in life, he stopped drinking, and sounds like he and his wife moved to Florida and, you know, lived happily ever after, had a boat, you know, did all the cool things that retirees yearn to do, you know, lived the American dream, essentially. And now this almost 90-year-old woman, you know, she, it's just, it's deceiving because she, Seems like she might be in her 60s. She's so vibrant and full of life and funny, and she paints rocks, and she she, she plays her nose, which is uh, like, kind of like a, an instrument. So like, she does this thing, and she tells these stories. So she was married. Her husband passed. She got remarried to a friend of mine who guy's become a friend of mine. He's a former Marine, and she's a little bit his senior, but, you know, they have a great relationship, and she's got all these kids and grandkids and all these things. And I've known her all these years, and we have a very special relationship. And I, I mean, she's really a treasure, like so many people that I, I interact with. But she's very, very special. And so I was telling her, she goes, "Well, what? I don't know. Making motivation. I don't know what I would really tell you about motivation. Like, you know." I said, "You know, I'm just talking about people's stories that." Stories you have, the life experiences you've had, and she goes, "Oh, I know people's stories. You got to talk to, uh, you know, her husband Joe. Joe is his friend Denny, and this guy, he's, uh, you know, he's older, and uh, he's got all these girlfriends. So they're always like, women are always coming up to him, and he said he, he rides a, he rides a mobility scooter, got some issues, arthritis and stuff, and she says he was at." what was it, bocce or something like that, shuffleboard, and he's on his mobility scooter, and he's eyeing up this woman, the woman said, what are you looking at, and he said, I'm looking at you, I like blondes, and next thing you know, they're, they went out on a date or something like that, and so they go on a date, and on the way home, like he's working his magic and stuff like that, and on the way home, he shits his pants. 
and he didn't know it, he didn't see it coming. He shits his pants, which happens, you get a little bit older, whatever. Shit, it could have happened, uh, I might have shit my pants from that friggin' spicy Chipotle last night. I never want to eat Chipotle again, by the way. It's not very good. You know, it was fucking weak. When I took the tinfoil off the top of that thing, there was like a tiny-ass portion, a little bit of salad greens, and then it was just all sunken in. Disgusting, man. I don't want to eat it. I, I respect it. I'm thankful for anything that's put before me after I get home so late. Man, usually does a great job, but, you know, this fucking Chipotle sucked. So I hope we got something healthier tonight. Um, so this guy shits his pants. He's trying to, this woman, he's trying to romance. Instead, he shits his pants. And, you know, he gives her, like, some wet wipes or something, helps her clean it up, and says he's sorry, he's mortified, and he doesn't want to go to... He skipped uh, shuffleboard this week because... He was embarrassed, and he didn't know if he was going to see her there or she was going to be there. But she contacted him and said, hey, how come you didn't come to shuffleboard? And she's like, oh, he said, I wasn't feeling well. He's like giving her a line because he's embarrassed. And then one time she shows up, a short while later, she showed up at his house with all of her possessions in her car because she would live in this little apartment or something in this brick house around the corner. They live in a retirement community. And uh, she lived in this brick house outside the community. And she got, you know, she lost that lodging for whatever reason. And she wanted to move in with him. He's like, oh, whoa. I just thought that was funny. You know what I mean? Human beings, all ages, shapes, and sizes, trying to, trying to find love, trying to find joy, happiness, whatever that means. It's really a crazy life, but it's a good life. And I just thought that people like Denny, I guess he's a former Marine as well, like Nancy's husband Joe is. Denny is uh, sounds like a real character, somebody that somebody you'd want to be. You know, I'd like to be. I mean, I hope I'm happily married to Mandy for the rest of my days. But if for whatever reason I was an old man and I you know, was a divorced or whatever, that you're still looking for that, looking for love and looking for joy. You're still trying to do things, trying to live and, and do take part in the things that are worth living. And that there's somebody on a mobility scooter, some guy who's still yearning for some kind of relationship, romance, or whatever the fuck it is, that he's shitting his pants and the girls still want to have something to do with him, I think that is awesome. They're probably, that woman's probably thinking, oh, this guy, he's really powerful stuff that can't be denied. She's happy to be hit on at any age or capacity. Looking for somebody to, every pot's got a lid, as Mandy says. So, that is my story of the day. I think it's a pretty good one. Have me laughing. But so you can expect to hear from my friend Nancy in the future because I think she's got really got a lot. I'll give her, we'll write some notes and talk about things that we can discuss.
discuss. I mean, she's she could talk about art and life and family and hardship and just finding your bliss, if that such a thing exists. Trying to eke out some joy, some highlights as we live this crazy ass life. And then at the end of the day, I saw my friend Patty, who just underwent surgery a month or two ago for a uh, you know, very serious medical condition. And she seems back to her old self. Serious surgery, but she's stopped by, pulled into the lot. We had a nice 10 minute conversation. And we've seen her again at the office. Happy to see her back healthy smiling, optimistic. I also feel good that uh, when she was down and out, when she was at this surgery, it was pending or it was done and she was recuperating, we reached out to her every week just to see that she was okay and ask her if she needed anything. Um, committed to being that type of person to really care think about people and, and try to try to support however because I'm sure at some point in time the shoe's going to be on the other foot and we're going to need some help we all do one hand washes the other yes yes all right try not to shit your pants <laughs>